Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Joining us today, David Widmar with Agricultural Economic Insights. David, always a pleasure to catch up with you, sir. Hope you're doing well. Doing well, Jesse. Great to connect with you today as well. David, thanks for the time. I know we got plenty of topics to discuss here today, so let's get to it. We got the November WASDE report coming up on the 9th, the day after the midterm elections, which is another topic we could touch on as well a little bit later. But looking at this WASDE report, I know you guys have a new question out on the uh, AEI premium side uh, talking about what that U.S. corn yield would be on the November 9th report. What are you seeing there? And, and maybe what are some early uh, notes you're getting from farmers about that, David? Yeah, Jesse, one of the things that we launched this year new uh, to the AEI premium platform, but also the the uncertainty tool we have is this yield challenge. So we've asked 16 questions throughout the, the summer months, eight about corn, eight about soybeans. And we've been asking, what's the next USDA report going to say? Is it going to be a higher yield projection or a lower yield projection? And the real insight here is to not get caught up in binary outcomes like yes or no, but to get very specific, the probability. So when there's a surprise or when things don't go the way we necessarily thought, we can quantify that uncertainty and we can benchmark ourselves. So in November, we're going to wrap up two questions that are going to look at the change from October to November. I think that's a personally a really hard one. We've seen these crops get smaller and smaller, but what do you really think is going to happen on this next report? Uh, there's a, been a bias here to, to say it's probably going to be lower. Um, I'm been running closer to 50-50 maximum uncertainty. But I think the other key takeaway here is we're also going to resolve two questions that we started at the very beginning of the competition back in May. The probability of these crops being below the trend normal. And corn is about 10 bushel away. It's pretty much a lock that it's going to come in below the trend normal. Soybeans are about a bushel, bushel and a half below that trend normal. So there's still a possibility. But What's most interesting here, Jesse, that we've observed, and this is, you know, the only platform that's going to show you this is that there has been concerns about this crop ever since it got planted back in May. And that's different than we've seen in the past two years. Usually it's the end of June or 1st of July that this expectation starts to move up or down. Either it's going to be a big crop or a small crop. We saw it really early this year and it's played out. And that's, again, going to continually continue to perpetuate this tight stock situation going into next year. Well, David, uh, thinking as well about that, I, I've heard some talk that, you know, that yield coming in looking pretty good in some areas. But again, we've had plenty of questions uh, as we work throughout the growing season. So it'd be interesting to see if that uh, U.S. corn yield comes in uh, around that 181 mark or below it or whatnot uh, as we move into that report on the 9th for sure. Uh, thinking about the export side, thinking about demand some more as well. I know we have some different uh, export challenges. Exports have been rather sluggish as of late. We have this uh, potential GMO corn ban from Mexico on the table. We have China issues as well. As you look at the export front, what are some of the latest you're seeing there? And what are some of your thoughts uh, with that part of the demand equation? So I think the first thing to do is to step back and say, we have tight stocks, we have high commodity prices. So we should expect usage to come back a little bit. And so we're starting to see that. Um, we're starting to see that in the early export sales. We always look at, at the beginning of that September marketing year. How's that pace looking like? And when we looked at corn, um, it's a little bit sluggish than we've seen in the last two years, not completely out of out of the ballpark, but still a little bit of cause for concern. We break that into China and everybody else, and both categories have been buying less. And the China situation is particularly unique. They're 
two thirds, I think, of where they were last year. So a, a, a big jump or a third lower, a big jump lower, but still the third biggest purchase um, in, in 20 years of data. So it's a it's not a record and the sky is not falling, but it's somewhere in that Goldilocks zone. We don't really know how to quantify that. When we look at soybeans, soybeans actually have a little bit of a bright spot. The early sales were pretty strong. Uh, China has actually been buying more soybeans the last few uh, weeks and months. So that's been a bit of a, a development. But again, this underscore the China story. China's still buying corn, just not like they were the last two years. And that's still a good thing. They're still buying quite a bit of corn compared to the historic uh, trends. Let's talk a little bit about Mexico here. We wrote an article, and it's kind of hard to summarize this. There's a lot of concern about the GM ban on, on corn. Is it going to be for domestic production? Is it going to be for domestic human consumption? Is it going to be for livestock? Is it going to be for imports? Huge amount of uncertainty there. But one of the key things to keep in mind is over the last 20 years, the Mexico story in China, the corn story in Mexico has transitioned from domestic production going into food to more imports and a majority of that corn supply going into livestock. So they've seen a shifting sector. And I think this is going to be part of what's going forward. They still rely on the U.S. for 90 plus percent of their corn. So it's going to be a, a maybe a, a transition, but it's going to take years to see this potentially play out. The soybean market, we know crush margins have been relatively strong. The soy market, as you mentioned, the export side, we've seen some China buys. This market feels like it's got a little bit of a stronger story to it. I noticed uh, in uh, a recent uh, Ag Uncertainties episode you guys do, uh, you did some stuff with the Westcott Jewison model applying to soybeans. Can you talk about that a little bit, David? Well, the first thing I'll mention is, you know, why is it a little better story for uh, maybe exports for soybeans is because the price ratio is really, really low, which means soybeans are relatively low compared to corn. That right now, I think it's fueling some of this buying behavior where it's going to fuel mm -hmm. the production behavior next year. But going to the production side of it, the Westcott Jewison model is a really important tool, we think, for understanding the yields and the impacts. And so there's a corn model in there. There's a soybean model in there. And some of the work that our team has been doing this year is looking at where, what part of the growing season was painful. And the June precipitation part of those models is a big impact, but it doesn't hit very often. And it hit this year. There's only been three or four years on the corn side where this particular variable has been triggered. And when it triggered, it typically uh, cuts yield back. So we were writing articles, you know, in June, uh, at the end of uh, June and end of July saying, hey, watch out. This variable is on the edge. It did trip. And, you know, because it's feedback, like you're saying 10 bushel below trend line, you know, we're on this 170 or upper 160s model. And we're not trying to predict per se, but we're trying to help people frame up all this weather information that we're getting and what are the implications. And so um, that model has been very helpful for our thinking. It's been very helpful for our readers thinking, keeping in mind that again, June is very rarely triggered, but when it is triggered, uh, it has a big impact. And we saw that, especially for corn thus far in the year. Well, we always appreciate the time and the insight. I know folks can learn more, check out your research, and to see what you guys are up to on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, AEI.ag. That is a website, AEI.ag. They have the premium side as well, the Ag Forecast Network, and a lot of great resources, AEI.ag. With that, David Widmar of Agricultural Economic Insights, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Jesse. All right, again, that's David Widmar with Agricultural Economic Insights. That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.